Good morning. My name is Mike Denius, if you don't know who I am, and I want to welcome you to Greater Alton this morning. I am really excited to be up here and talking to you guys. I am not at all sore or tired. Um, uh, first off, I want to thank whoever prayed last week about the weather. It was great this week. It was only in the 90s. Um, and it, for those of you who don't know, I work in a shop where our cool air comes from a black asphalt. So whoever prayed for the weather, I love you. It was a great week at work. I hope you all had a great week at work. Last week, we talked about how to fool around and get fired, the foolproof way to get fired. And we are in a sermon series called Foolproof. We've been in this sermon series since May. How many of you don't realize we've been in this sermon series since May? It's August. It's really good, right? I've been enjoying this sermon series. I hope you have. I hope you've learned something. The sermon series is all about learning from the book of Proverbs. It's a book in the Bible that gives us wisdom. It's part of the wisdom literature. If you're into those uh, tags um, in your Bible, uh, and, and it's God's wisdom for our life and how we can live better lives based off God's wisdom. And I don't know about you, but I could always use more wisdom. Always. Um, I joke around with my kids. Um, Sometimes bad things happen to us, and bad things happen to us because we're stupid, and everybody gets a turn on the stupid, stupid train, right? Including me. I know that's not a, a, a great thing to say all the time, but you know, I make dumb mistakes. I need more wisdom. I've really been enjoying this sermon series. Um, I, uh, I want to tell you about what happened yesterday real quick. Yesterday we had our pop-up market. I don't know if you noticed, but I am pop-up fabulous this morning. This is a find from the pop-up market. Thank you to my wife and to Jafer for helping me find the shirt. Yes, I wanted to represent the pop-up market. It was a lot of work. Thank you to everybody who helped out, everybody who donated, everybody who set up, everybody who tore down. Um, afterwards, we, we sold a lot of stuff, and Sydney will be up here after the service to tell you more about it, but, or after the sermon, not service, sermon. Um, but we sold a lot of stuff yesterday, and I don't know if you know this, but afterwards, I took three truckloads to Goodwill. I know the Conways took two vehicles. I know Sarah took a, two, Sarah and Susan took two vehicles of donations. And then I delivered some stuff to somebody's house. So we had a lot of stuff to sell. And it was awesome. It was awesome. Like I said, after the sermon, Sydney will get up here and tell us more about it, but it was a great time. Let's jump into this sermon today. Um, last week, we talked about the foolproof way to get fired, how to fool around and get fired. And uh, my daughter pointed out to me that I did not have you guys fill in the last blank last week. I skipped over it. Well, good news. It's the first blank this week. Oh, yay. So last week, our big idea, if you caught it, the big idea was laziness is sinful. Laziness is sinful. And a foolproof way to get fired is to be lazy. And we talked about the different ways we can be lazy, the different things we can do to get fired. Um, today, I want to start off by looking uh, in the book of Colossians. In chapter 3, verses 23 through 24, and it says, In all the work you are doing, work the best you can. 
Work as if you're working for the Lord, not for men. Remember, you will receive your, your reward from the Lord, which he promised to his people. You are serving the Lord Christ. So that blank that was in last week's notes that we didn't fill in, that's the first blank in your, week, in your notes this week, is who am I working for? So if we're going to be lazy at work, lazy in what we do, are we really working for God? I told you last week, and I'm going to say it again this week, if it bears God's name, it deserves my best. And I talked about how we are all icons of God. We bear his name, so everything we do deserves our best. That does not mean we are going to be successful in everything we do. We're still human. But if we're given our best, that's what God wants from us. He wants us to give our best to him. So who do you work for? You can say you work for your boss. We all have, most of us, unless you're retired or you're in between jobs, most of us have an earthly boss. And you're not wrong in saying you work for that person. But ultimately, as Christians, we work for our Father in heaven. Ultimately, the work I do, whether it's here in this building, it's at home, or it's in my place of business, what I do is for my heavenly Father. And you can even take it a step further that I'm worshiping God as I'm doing it. It's an act of worship to work well and work hard for my Father. This passage that we just read in Colossians is where we get the idea of the thing called the Christian work ethic. Have you heard that before? Man, it was pounded into me growing up. You've got to have the Christian work ethic. If you're going to represent Jesus, you've got to have the Christian work ethic. What does that mean? It means work hard because you're representing Christ in everything you do. If it, deserve, if it bears his name, it deserves my best. God provides us work. Have you ever thought of that? Have you ever thought that work is a blessing? Not your job, but what you do, that you are able to work is a blessing. God expects us to work. From the very beginning, he gave us jobs. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, it says this about Adam and Eve. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. He said, subdue it. That doesn't mean he just gave it to them. Think about this. They had a job to do. They were supposed to subdue the earth. That meant the Garden of Eden was supposed to be the entire earth. Adam's failure is he wasn't doing his job. If Adam was doing his job, would there have been a serpent in the garden? God has given us work from the very beginning. And God blesses hard work. God blesses diligent work. God blesses good workers. When I say that, Some people hear a prosperity gospel. Mike said, if I work hard, God's going to make me rich. It's not what I said. That is not what I said. I am not rich by worldly standards. I consider myself wealthy. 
because God has blessed me. I have a roof over my head. I have a car that runs, multiple cars that run actually. I have food in my house. We have electricity. That was an issue this week. I'll tell you that story later. But we have electricity, right? I know. You don't want me to jinx it? Yeah. We right now have electricity in our house. We have running water. We have jobs. I have an income. But right now, there ain't a whole lot of money in my checkbook. That's fair. All my bills are paid. I consider myself wealthy. I'm not, I, but the world would not consider me rich. But God blesses me in many other ways than my checkbook. And he blesses me through my hard work, through that Christian work ethic that I, I grab a hold of. I believe that I need to work hard. Um, I joke around that my daughters are coming to the age where young men are going to start pursuing them. That terrifies me beyond no means because I can't control that, right? Parents, you understand. Some of you are significant, like a little bit down the road from me and you, some of you have married off kids and I'm like, ah, I'm not ready for that. But we have taught our daughters from an early age that one day a young man is going to come up to them. He's going to pursue them. He's going to pursue their heart and he's going to say three little words to them. He's going to say, I love you. And I've told them, when that young man tells them those three little words, you say three little words right back to him. You say, get a job. <laughs> now, when we were younger, we were worried we were going to have to like go talk to the principal or something because my, my friend Billy Stegall kept telling them to tell people to get a job. Like, they would tell me to get a job. They will tell their, I was worried they were going to tell their teachers to get a job. And we're like, if we have to go to a parent-teacher conference, you're going with us. But, but God blesses hard work. And I should work hard for my family. I should work hard for this family. But I'm ultimately working for God. So how can we be wise workers that God is going to bless? How can we be wise workers that God's going to bless? Last week we talked about how to fool around and get fired. Today we're going to talk about how to be wise workers. Number one, we show up. Number one, show up. In Proverbs 13, verse 4, it says, The lazy person will not get what he wants, but a hard worker will get everything he wants. Proverbs 24, 33 through 34 says, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber, and want like an unarmed man. I've used that passage multiple times so far in the last today and last week because I think it's powerful. I think it points out very good how to be both a lazy worker and a wise worker. If I want to be a wise worker, first I need to show up. Proverbs often shows two sides. It shows the light and the dark, if you will. And it compares sleep to work. If I'm going to stay asleep, it implies that I'm not going to work. A wise worker is going to get up and do what they're supposed to do. A wise worker is going to go to work. And I'm not just talking about the, the job you get paid for. Last week I told you there's work to do in the kingdom. God needs us to show up. A lot of people showed up yesterday. A lot of people. There was a lot of people up here working. And there was a, 
I was tired. <laughs> I was already sore yesterday, but I had fun. I had fun getting to say good morning to people because I got to sit behind the cookie stand. I did not eat cookies until the very end. I had to sample them, right? I had to make sure they were good after everybody had bought most. I didn't get a brownie. Did not get a brownie. And that, that is growth right there for me. Um, but we have to show up. If we want to be wise workers, number one, you got to show up for work. you got to show up to do your job. Number two, the second thing I can do to be a wise worker is I can do my job. Again, last week I talked to you. I was like, we all know that one person. They show up for work. But they do everything else but work while they're there. Sometimes I think the guys that work for me work harder at doing nothing than if they would have just done their job. Honestly, I'm like, you have doubled the amount of steps that you should have taken today. You've literally done more work not doing your job than if you would have just done your job. Oh my gosh. But if I want to be a wise worker that God can bless... I need to do my job. And Philippians chapter 2 verse 14 hits home for me. It says, do everything without complaining or arguing. If I'm going to do my job, I need to do it without complaining and arguing too. If you'll notice, a lot of the things we talk about are more about our attitude than what we're actually doing. In Proverbs 12 verse 11, it says, a hard worker has plenty of food. But a person who chases fantasies has no sense. I have met many people who have dreams of what they want to do. There is nothing wrong with having a dream of what you want to do. Like your dream job and how to pursue that. There's nothing wrong with that. Until the dream isn't going anywhere and it's affecting your life this passage is saying there are people who will chase their fantasies they ain't gonna have food and honestly then it falls on the people around them who are hard workers there's a difference between chasing fantasies and not being able to work there are people who are unable to work and as a family, yes, we should support those people. But if you are able to work, if I am able to work, I should. There are things that I desire. There, there are dreams that I have. And my dreams have changed over the years. A while back, I wanted to own a restaurant. I wanted to own a restaurant. And some of you uh, have told me in the past, that you should start a restaurant. You should have a restaurant. And, you know, that would be awesome except I like my family. I used to work in a restaurant and I watched my boss never be home with his family, ever. Because restaurants, when do you work? All the time. You gotta get there early to prep. You gotta make sure you have enough food in the, in the restaurant. Then you gotta stay late to make sure, cause I mean, you gotta clean up after dinner and dinner goes late. Man, I would, there were days where I would work from 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. And I wasn't even the owner. That ain't going to work for my family. I can't own a restaurant. I love to cook. I'm going to keep it that way. I love to cook. I think I wouldn't love to cook anymore if I owned a restaurant. I think I'd be burnt out hard. But I have dreams too. 
but I need to pursue hard work so that my family can eat. So if I want to be a wise worker, I have to do my job. This seems like a no-brainer. In, in 2 Thessalonians, it's not on your notes, it's not on the screen, it's 2 Thessalonians 3.10, it says if you don't work, you don't eat. Now these people that Thessalonians was written to, they loved Jesus, and they knew he was coming back. So they were waiting for him. And I'm not saying like we're waiting for him, right? Like we know he's coming back, but we're going to go about our business waiting for Jesus. It's in our head. He's coming back, but, and, and we're ready, but we got to go about life while we're waiting. These people weren't going about life. They're like, we're just going to go up on this mountain and wait for Jesus. And they stopped everything. If you, and Paul writes to him, he goes, if you're not going to work, you're not going to eat. I like to eat. My children like to eat. My wife likes to eat. My children and my wife can put away some food. I don't know if you know that about them. But good Lord. Seriously. I don't, there, there's very few times there are a good amount of leftovers in my house. Oh my gosh. Especially if there's like sushi. There's no leftovers. And if there is, they hide them. So I don't get them. But God expects us to work. He expects us to live in reality. There is work to do. And also, I want to put this out to you. By doing our work and working hard and working diligently, we are an example to the people around us. We are showing God to the people around us. And that is becoming rarer and rarer these days. I know of a man who has given thousands of dollars to ministries here at GAC. And he has never been here. He's never been here. But one of his employees is a member here. And that employee is excited about what happens here. And talks about what happens here. And that man wanted to help. And so he's given thousands of dollars to ministries here at GAC. Even though he's not a member and he's never even been here. He just wanted to be a part of that. Because his employee works hard. And is excited about what Jesus is doing. And I know some of you in this audience nearly single-handedly support ministries here at GAC. Nearly single-handedly support ministries here at GAC because of your hard work, because you do the work. And God is blessing this family because of your hard work. And God wants to keep blessing this family through us. And we have to work hard. We have to be wise workers. Because God wants to use your job to bless his kingdom. Yes, I work so that my family has a place to live. They have food to eat. They have the thing. And, and honestly, we have things we want to. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I don't have to have internet to live. There was a time in the dark times where no one had internet. That's a luxury. God blesses us immensely, but God also uses my job and your job to bless his kingdom. So if I, if I want to be a wise worker, I have to do my job. Something else I have to do. I have to ask questions. If I want to be a wise worker, I got to ask questions. Proverbs 1, 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Proverbs 24, 30 through 32, 
It says, I passed by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense, and behold, it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered it. I looked, and I received instruction. I can learn from anybody. I can learn from a good worker, and I can learn from a lazy worker. I've learned from both. I've learned on what to do and what not to do. But if I want to advance, if I want to grow, if I want to be a wise worker, I have to have an attitude of learning. I have to ask questions. There are a couple of different attitudes that I notice with wise workers, and one of them is having this attitude of being a student. I I told you guys last week at the job I have right now, I work in sheet metal shop. I knew nothing about the job before I started working there nothing. I knew it involved metal. That's it. I learned how to use my tools. I learned how to run the machines. I learned how to do a whole lot of things. I didn't know how to weld before I got there. I am not a welder. So when I say that, nobody come up to me, hey, can you weld this? I'm not a welder. I can grind metal and make it look good after I've not made it look good. I, the metal stays together. That's what I'm telling you. There are people out here who are welders, and I, I don't want that job. I'm not good at that job. But I know the idea of welding. I know how to make metal stick together. I learned a lot because I asked questions. Many of you have learned a lot because you've asked questions. You have become more proficient at what you do because you have an attitude of learning. You have an attitude of that of a student. A wise worker is always looking for ways to learn and grow. And if you want to advance where you work, it's necessary. Employers are looking for people who are willing to learn. I want you to ask yourself this question honestly. Am I teachable? Am I teachable? Because a wise worker is teachable. A wise worker is teachable. Number four, if I want to be a wise worker, I got to earn it. I got to earn it. It says in scripture, laziness leads to poverty. Hard work makes you rich. Again, I am not promoting a prosperity gospel where you put a dollar in the box and you work hard and God's going to make you rich. That's not what I'm saying. Mike, that's what that says. It is. There are other ways of being rich than dollar bills. And I'm going to say that a lot. So you hear me say there are other ways of being rich than just what's in your bank account. I've met very poor people who I consider rich because they work hard. God blesses hard work. I am a wealthy man because God has blessed me. There are many people here I would consider wealthy because God has blessed them. And those people are hard workers. They are hard workers. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says this. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. When I was a kid... I asked to be given stuff. Gimme, 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 gimme. 
when I grew up, I earned things. When I grew up, I earned things. Maybe it's time for us to grow up. Maybe some of us need to grow up and earn things. Now, I'm not talking about salvation. Don't get that mixed up either. We cannot earn salvation. Only Jesus could do that for us. We are given salvation. No one can earn salvation. Only by the gift of the cross and the empty tomb can we have eternal life through baptism. And if you're somebody here and you're like, what? 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 How do we, how are we given salvation? I want to encourage you to talk to whoever invited you or whoever's sitting next to you. We at Greater Alton love, love to open up scripture and talk about how we can be made wise for salvation. How we can know the truth through the scriptures that have been given us. We cannot earn salvation. It is a gift from God. But the things that I want, the things that I need, I cannot just expect to be given them to me. I need to earn them. Hard work provides the food on our table. Hard work, wise work, provides the power in our, in our wires that power the things that we like, the things that we need. Um, this week, uh, we had some interesting stuff happen at our house. Um, Wednesday night, I was like, I'm going to bed. And I went to bed. I laid down, and Cassie and Car in our room talking, and the light starts flickering in the lamp. And I'm like, turn that off. The light bulb is about to go off. And Cassie turned the lamp off, and then Blythe goes, why'd you all kill the power to my room? What? <laughs> Hold on. The breaker tripped or something, and I went to go downstairs. The lights wouldn't come on in the basement, but the lights are on upstairs. I'm like, that's weird. So I went to get a flashlight out of the drawer, and I noticed the refrigerator is not running. The washer-dryer that we just started aren't running. Like, what's going on? What is happening? I went downstairs. I checked all the breakers. The breakers are fine. So I called Amber. Well, at first I posted about it on Facebook and see if anybody else was having problems in our neighborhood. Then somebody's like, you need to call Amber. So I called Amber. They sent a guy out. And he was like, oh, something's wrong with one of your ground wires. They'll be out in the middle of the night. You won't have to do anything. You'll have power in the morning. Okay, that's cool. Thank you. It was a late night because it was already bedtime when I found the problem and we had to wait for him to come and he was there for a while. Whole thing. Woke up in the morning, no power. That's fine. They'll fix it. They'll fix it. Got home from work. Power was restored about like 145. And I get home from work and there's a four foot by eight foot hole in my front yard. <laughs> it's like, what? What happened? My neighbor comes out. Did you hear what happened? Something happened. I didn't hear it. I was at work. He's like, the utility company that's been running new fiber wire for a new company's internet hit my power line when they were working. The rainwater corroded it. It arced. The ground went live, blew stuff up. There was an explosion in my front yard. It was like smoke and fog were rolling over the street. I'm like, I wish I would have seen all this. He goes, a guy almost died because he grabbed the ground in, a, in, in wet soil. He, he, he's, he knew what he was doing. He's an Ameren employee, right? And he grabbed the ground, but it was live and it blew him back. Everybody ran over to him, which was a good thing they ran over to him then because when they were over there, over there exploded. And I'm sure it wasn't like a huge explosion because there wasn't shrapnel everywhere, but like enough that it took out the internet for the whole neighborhood. Can I tell you, our neighborhood Facebook chat was hilarious. 
love it. But I bring all this up because one, it's funny and I wanted to tell the story. But two, all of these things that I thought I had to have, like power and internet, I don't have to have. But because I work hard and I pay for them, I get to have them. I get to have them. My hard work provides that stuff. Cassie's hard work too, by the way. We are a two-income household. I don't want to make it seem like it's all me. She works hard too. Um, but I am grateful for that I grew up having this attitude. I'm grateful that my parents made me work for things. I grew up, we were a lower-income house. I didn't know we were poor growing up. I thought it was normal that you wore clothes that had other people's names on them. Some, it is normal now. Some people think it's the cool thing, but I got my neighbor's hand-me-downs. So I walked around with jackets that said Vernon on it. That was just normal for me, right? Yeah, what do you mean, Vern? Right? Mark, get, Mark gets it. Um, but they made me work for stuff. Let me tell you this really cool example real quick. Probably not real quick because you know me. I like to tell stories. Um, in first grade, I really wanted a Nintendo. Now, kids, listen. I said Nintendo, not Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, GameCube, Switch, Wii. I said Nintendo. OG. Duck hunt with that stupid dog that I just learned last year the second controller could control the ducks. Did you know that? Yeah, right? So all that whole time I just gave my siblings the controller just so they'd be quiet? They were controlling the duck. What have I been doing with my life? But in first grade, I wanted a Nintendo. My parents couldn't afford a Nintendo. They were like $180. Yeah, $180, something like that. It was nowadays, I'm like, I could go get that right now. But it was a lot of money in 1980-something. <laughs> so there happened to be a fundraiser going on where if you sold enough candy bars, you'd get a Nintendo, right? I don't remember the exact amount of candy bars I had to sell. It was either... 500, it was some, it was like 250 or 500 candy, I want to say it was more like 500 candy bars. It had to have been more like 500 candy bars. I had to sell 500 candy bars. Can you imagine if one of the kids here had to sell 500 candy bars, how many times they'd ask you to buy a candy bar? A lot. I've been hit up for candy bars, I've been hit up for popcorn, and I'm a sucker. Right, Levi? Levi always comes to me, he knows what's up. But I did it. I sold all those candy bars, and I don't know who was more excited. Me to get the super, me to get the Nintendo, I almost said Super Nintendo, I didn't buy one of those till college. Me to get the Nintendo, or my dad to give it to me. I don't know who was more excited. I still remember my dad go, hey, I got something for you. He's trying to keep it all serious, and he'd come in my room, and he'd go into his room, and he pulls it out from underneath their bed, look what you got! I'm like, so excited. I earned that Nintendo, right? I earned it. I sold those candy bars. I'm, and my dad helped me. I know my dad helped me. I know my mom helped me. But I wor- we worked for it, right? The things we work for, we take better care of. That Nintendo still works. It's in my basement. You want to come over and play Mario? I got Mario. Yeah, I got Dragon Warrior, I got Excite Bike, I got RC Pro Am, I got Top Gun. I have Mario 1, 2, and 3, by the way. Yeah, that's a big flex right there. It's a big flex. 
Because I took care of it, right? I earned it. And I wanted to have ownership of it. I wanted to, it was my baby. Fast forward to now, I have a house that I have ownership of, that I got to take care of. And I can't call my landlord and say, hey, the, the electric's off. I can't call my landlord and say, hey, there's a hole in the roof. I am the landlord. Yeah, mow the, well, I have, I can say, hey, Blythe, grass is getting kind of tall. That's nice. Even though I really like cutting the grass, past few weeks, it's been real nice to tell Blythe the grass is getting tall and then Cassie cuts it. Um, <laughs> Blythe's been over at Jim and Suzanne's house cutting grass. I'm going to cut her a little bit of slack. They have a lot more grass to cut than I do. Um, but I'm really grateful for that, for that hard work ethic that I was instilled with because it made me take care of the things that I earned. In third grade, I wanted a watch. And I found this watch at Sears. And it was $28. I remember that. It was $28. My parents did not have $28 to buy me this watch. And so we put it on layaway. Kids, do you know what layaway is? Yes, layaway. It took me three months to pay off this $28 watch in the third grade. I had it when I started high school. And somebody broke into my gym locker and stole it. Yeah, I was mad, so mad. But I took, I, I took care of it. It lasted, it lasted. The kingdom of heaven has work to do, and it requires hard work. I want to ask you, do you have a sense of ownership in the kingdom of heaven? I do not mean that we own it, okay? Hear me. We don't own anything in the kingdom of heaven, but I can have a sense of ownership. I can work hard in the kingdom, and I can want to take care of the stuff that my king owns, because I'm the king's, and everything is the king's. And if I'm the king's, I want to take care of the stuff that the king has. Do you have a sense of ownership when it comes to working in the kingdom? Matthew 9, verse 37 and 38 says, Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. God is working for wise workers. Here at Greater Alton, we have a bunch of ministries. And there's a bunch of people who work hard. Um, I, I really appreciate ministries like the youth ministry. I really appreciate ministries like the greening ministry. I really appreciate the people who come in and clean the building. The building just doesn't look clean all the time. There are a lot of people who come up here and vacuum and wipe windows and take care of stuff. There's a group of guys who fixes the holes that we put in the walls. Because that happens. We use this building. Think about your house. If you use your house as much as we use this building, wouldn't you have things you got to take care of? Yeah, we have people that do all this. We have people who have a sense of ownership here at Greater Alton. The reason we are having a special special contribution, which by the way, we're having a special contribution in September, and what that is is one Sunday in September coming up, we're asking our members to give a little bit extra, to sacrifice. That's why we did the pop-up market. That's why we do things like that. So we can earn some extra money, and the idea... The idea behind the special contribution is we want to pay off this gorgeous building that we have. That was not a joke. I think this building's gorgeous because it's gotten 
to reach out to so many people. We have used this building to bring people to Christ. That makes this building gorgeous, as hideous as it is. That makes this building gorgeous. I love this building. It's, it's, I got married, and this building was just concrete, and we have a picture of our wedding party right where, about where Kathy's at, and we're all sweating and nasty because it was like 105 degrees in here, and it's just concrete. And I was really excited because that we were going to worship together. We were going to reach out to people using this building. And there have been so many people who have came through these doors. Because people took ownership here at this church. And we're doing this special contribution to pay this building off so that we can fund ministries. So that the youth ministry has money coming from it. Coming from the church, not just individual people. So that the, the coffee cart ministry has money coming from the church, not just individual people. So that we can fund a campus ministry that's going to be vibrant and reaching out to people. So we can, seniors on the go have, have, have what they need. And all these other ministries can be funded. Because on Sunday mornings, our members give. Our members give. We have a sense of ownership and we want to see the lights on and we want to see the water working. I like air conditioning. And we ask our members to give. And if you are a guest here, we are not asking you to give. We did not ask you to come here so that we're like, put a dollar in the box. That's not why we brought you. We're not why we invited you. We want you to hear word from God. We want you to hear about Jesus. And that's what we want to give you this morning. So when you see our members after church putting anything in the in the basket don't feel guilty don't feel like you have to if you want to we're not going to tell you to stop but don't feel like you have to give our members love to give a cheerful giver delights god and we have ownership we bought in the chairs you're sitting in the air you're breathing the lights that are shining on your paper all paid for by people who are bought in people who want to see the kingdom of heaven advance people who have this sense of ownership because we work hard we're wise workers we love jesus and we want to give back to him because everything is his already everything is his already so if i want to be a wise worker i got to earn it i got to earn it i want to ask our members a question have you bought in have you bought in People who have bought in, and I, I, I sound like a salesman. I don't want to sound like a salesman. But I'm, I, bought in, I bought in. This is home. This is family. And I want to see home and family be here. Past me. I hopefully, one day, will have grandkids running around in here. Maybe even great-grandkids that I won't ever see. Because somebody before me bought in, and somebody after me will buy in, and we'll want to see God's kingdom advance here at this local church. We'll want to see God's word preached here at this local church. And people will be sold out for Christ. We'll be sold out for Christ. And they'll work hard because they want to see God's kingdom advance. The big idea today, the big idea I want you to walk away from is God wants to take what you do, the work you do, and bless the kingdom. 
God wants to take our hard work and bless his kingdom and see his kingdom advance. If it bears his name, it deserves my best. And we as Christians bear the name of God. God deserves our best in all we do. That does not mean we will always be successful. As a youth minister here at Greater Alton, I gave my best. Does not mean I was always successful. Does not mean that every person I studied with, every person I talked to about Jesus came to Christ. It does not mean that every lesson I gave knocked it out of the park and was awesome. It does not mean that every event that I did was fantastic and blew up and everybody loved it. Whip, uh, shaving cream wiffle ball fell flat on its face. It sounds like an awesome idea. You fill wiffle balls with shaving cream and you play wiffle ball. Does that sound awesome? It didn't take off. Nobody loved it. We ended up just having a shaving cream war which was also fine. <laughs> but if it bears his name, it deserves my best. The question I want to leave with you this morning is will you give your best at what you do? Will you give your best at what you do? If you give your best, you will be a wise worker and you will bless the kingdom and God will bless the kingdom through you. I want to encourage you this week be wise workers. Be wise workers. This week, Satan was all over me, trying to get me to be lazy, angry, upset. But I want to encourage you, I want to encourage myself this week, be wise workers. Have that attitude of learning. Earn your keep. Show up for work. Do your job. It sounds really simple, but there are days. There are days where I don't want to give my best. And I want to encourage you just like I'm encouraging myself. This week, give your best in all that you do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, so much for your kingdom that you provide for us, for your Son, whose blood saves us, for your family you've given us, for this place, Father, this specific building where I hope that you are glorified. I hope that in what we do, we glorify your name and we bring honor to you, Father. I want to pray for the people here. I pray that we're all wise workers in anything we do, whether it's on the job or it's in your kingdom, at home. Help us to be wise with the jobs you've given us and the time you've given us. I want to pray for the special contribution coming up that you will pour out blessings on us and we can pay this building off and your ministries here at Greater Alton will be more successful because they're better funded. I want to pray for, for our family here. There's a lot of people struggling with illness and with other health problems. I pray that you bless them, Father. Just thank you so much for all that you do, for all that you give us. I love you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. In the calm of your presence, I am listening, Lord. I am still, I am quiet, I am yours. In the calm, in the calm.